0: been standing a while. Thank you praise and worship team for leading us into the presence of the Lord and uh, for what we feel here tonight on Wednesday night. Kind of like Wednesday night services because it's like the sea law. It's kind of like the uplift to face Thursday and Friday and if you're having to work Saturday. You may have never had a job like that but I'm so thankful for Wednesday night service. Thank you brother Kyle. Uh, It is great to see Uh, all of you that are here tonight, and I know your pastor and his wife are gone, but we do want to greet them even though they're not here, and uh, we enjoy coming and being with the Kellys, and they do take care of us, and uh, we appreciate being able to spend a little bit of time um, with them. He was telling me today about the various home Bible studies. He's teaching more and more home Bible studies, but I couldn't help but think when we were Uh, Getting started in the city of Glasgow, uh, we were traveling quite a distance and doing Bible studies. We'd do eight to nine a week, and many times when he could, he would accompany me in those studies, even when he was very young, and even to the point we were using, exploring God's Word. And uh, he could pretty well, you turn the chart, and he could just, he'd been with me so many times, you know. He could pretty well just cover the lesson Uh, that we were covering that night. But it's good to see them involved in the ministry here. Thank you, Church at Salem, for what you do for them. And I know they love you folks dearly. And uh, amen. You sang that song about the blood and uh, also the prayer time, the comments being made. And that song came back. We're not singing it. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. And I like that I'm safe from all alarms, except that alarm clock. But I'm safe from all alarms. You never know when things arise, but you're safe, safe in the arms of Jesus. There is a contentment, there is a rest that we can find in the Lord even in the midst of traumatic circumstances that the world cannot understand. We may not understand, but we know the peace of God is with us, and He will keep us. Just a side note before... That's a massive clock. Okay, all right. I don't know if that means anything here, but... Yeah, okay. Isaac has been talking to me some, so... um, (laughs) Amen. <laughs> Those of you that traveled to Galway, Ireland, several years ago, several of you. In fact, it was so long, so long ago that some of you were young, and something's happened. <laughs> you don't look as young they look, Blake. Amen. Um, I think you were on that trip, were you not? Yeah. But can I tell you? In the month of November, I was in Dublin preaching. And uh, we went out for lunch afterwards. Brother Strickland had me go cover some services for them. and I was with some brethren. And they said, oh, Brother Kelly, we want to start, start telling you. We're going to start having services in Galway. And I begin to relate to them with a the trip that took place many years ago. And we never really saw anything what we thought was materializing thereafter. But you know, when you go do something on a prayer trip like that, you deposit something... That begins to work, not on our time frame, not on our scale, not how we think. But God began. I was so excited. I I said, man, that prayer team went, and we felt the impact of the Holy Ghost, knowing God was doing something. So I want to say thank you. It was years ago, but thank you for coming, doing that. And also just let me say thank you for your faithfulness in giving to missions and uh, what you're doing there. This is not a missionary service. I'm not coming to take up an offering tonight. Just relax a minute. But I just want to say a very, very special thank you for your faithfulness. Do cover, keep us covered in prayer. We do several prayer trips. We're getting ready to do one in Sweden. Uh, that will be in April, but toward the end of March. Kyle was said, what are you doing that for? But toward the end of March, uh, we're going to be coming down through the bottom of Turkey and going further south. Some of us Uh, into some of those areas that we will not name here, that we will be having prayer trips in. Some of us that will be going in where there's a residue of former believers, but because of the traumatic situation in those countries. And so some of us will be going down in there. They have buildings, and we're just trying to see what we can do. So we're going to be asking when we get close to that to keep us covered in prayer as the prayer team will be going down uh, in those areas. Areas. Two scriptures I want to read for you tonight, and I count it an honor to minister to you the word of the Lord. This is an awesome church, and there's, there is an incredible spirit. Uh, the last couple of times that my wife and I have been here, it's always been great before, but there's something shifting in the Holy Ghost. And uh, you're on the right track. You have been on the right track, but it's getting more intense in the Holy Ghost. Psalm 130 and verse 5. Excuse me, Psalm 130 and verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in His word do I hope. The next one is a verse that we often sing, they that wait upon the Lord. Isaiah 40 verse 31. Isaiah 40, I'm back in the book of Luke, hallelujah. Isaiah 40 and 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. But they that wait upon the Lord. Thank you, Father, for this time to come together. Thank you for your protection, the desire. Thank you for what you're doing in each of our lives Help us tonight, Lord, to bring forth the word that ministers into hearts and lives. Their time is valuable. They want to hear from you. Lead us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I taught this a while ago. It's nothing really new and profound, but it's just kind of a practical thing. I deal more practical. Your pastor and Brother Kyle, we do listen to the uh, podcast uh, now and then. (laughs) We find out things, amen. So <laughs> we do listen, and it's encouraging. You know, that your pastor and Brother Kyle, the, the depth of the ministry of the Word of the Lord. So they'll take you way down or way high. I just kind of am up here, you know. But waiting on God. And some reasons I've just kind of lined up why it's kind of tough to wait on God. And a lot of times when we have to wait on God, there is a struggle that's involved there. Because, mo- because most times we're really impatient. I haven't encountered anybody this week. I didn't encounter anybody last week. I haven't encountered anybody this month that said, I really like to wait. In fact, when I go to Walmart or to IGA or some store, pennies. I don't find the shortest queue. I go to the longest queue because I love to wait in line. I I don't want to take the shortcut to work. I want to find listen to the radio where there's traffic jams and you have to wait a long time to get where you want to go. And to save myself some pocket money... When I have to go to the doctor, the eye doctor, the dentist, or the, uh, the, the GP, the medical doctor that you go to. I like to go and wait. Because while I'm waiting for two or three hours, I get to read the old magazines that are in there. I, I just, I really like to wait. I like to wait in and traffic. And, and when my wife, I just, no, 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 don't, don't hurry, don't hurry. I just love to wait a long time. There's just something about waiting that I just, I feel better. Now We've got to really be honest. I've been around some places where the wife has had to wait a long time. And it didn't help out with him either, so you know. There are some cultures we work with that it's a custom. The wedding is to start at 7.30, but it's not going to start till 8.30 or 9.00. Everybody will be there waiting and they'll drive around the block because they want to be late. Everybody's waiting. I was in the same culture where I had to conduct a funeral. Everybody was there including the person to be buried. And we had to wait until everybody appeared for some time. So waiting. It happens in life. But we don't want to wait much. That even includes God, and sometimes when we take issues to God, we're really looking for the Lord to respond to us now, because you see, from our perspective, the problem or the situation is very, very serious or very needful, or for my life to get on, God, you kind of need to get this program together, and I need you to answer me in this situation. Our culture, our culture. You know, I was sitting and driving somewhere, waiting on some things, and I just really begin to think about how our culture really impacts us More than we care to really even admit. I'm not talking about standards of righteousness. That does impact us. But our thought life, our thinking, our priorities. And sometimes those are danger zones, red zones, flags go up. When the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say. Or the Word of God or the man of God begins to prick or touch us in those areas. And our culture really affects us and has infected us sometimes more. Where our culture predetermines that a young person, this is the course of life that you have to pursue if you're going to get something. Or this is the course of life that you have to pursue. Because this is what our society says. It is dictated. Can I say, sometimes we cannot allow that to encumber us. We've got to have the mind of Christ. We've got to pray, Lord, give me your mind. We're not going to think like God, but it's going to put his desires within us. God, I want your desires within my life. David said he'll give us the desires of our heart. But I think one of the critical things is there, Jesus, put your desires within me. Because our world, our culture, our culture really, it does affect us one of the things in our culture has so dictated to us and so formed our thinking that things are kind of in an instant now, now now people don't even use it today i think but the old statement used to be we live in a microwave world everything is instant and quick and we cannot wait. We're very impatient because we're all so busy in our schedules and all that takes place within our life. And so we want to have a microwave God. And those of you that have a television, that you may—I mean, a television—you know—that you, know, you kind of watch. That you watch these sitcoms. Now, I have to tell you because you've probably never seen them, like these detective shows, or there's this deep, serious murder that takes place, and in 50 minutes, Bob's your uncle. They've got it solved. You know. And so so when something happens in our life, we go to the police station and bam, in 50 minutes we want to come back and, well, wait a minute, why? That's television. But we get so conditioned to people who encounter severe problems and traumatic family issues even in these shows. It's scary how people take that stuff as reality and really get mixed up between reality and fantasy. And we think in 30 minutes... It's all fixed. God can, but sometimes God doesn't. And part of that is, is because we don't see the big picture. Some people's focus is just on me, myself, and I. My world and what takes place. And culture, something I'm going to get off culture. Say, so Just tell me to get off culture. But our lifestyle sometimes really just does it. We're so focused because we get so caught up in life. Let your world expand. Let your horizon expand. And I'm thankful that we see a church that has a vision to reach other people in communities like you're doing in in their Pentecost Sunday event. But sometimes in our personal life, we don't see the big picture. God may be doing more in us in the situation and preparing something us in the situation, but he says, you gotta wait right now. Because in your waiting, I am doing something in you that you are not even aware of, that you may not even know till later. You see, all we're looking right now is at this situation. And our thinking can be very narrow. And the scope of life where we are and what just affects me. And so sometimes it's hard to wait because we don't see the big picture. Sometimes you got to step back and look and take the whole thing in scope. God, what are you doing? Instead of sometimes saying, God... Answer this God, what are you doing in this? And I realize those are cliches that sometimes they're very easy, you know, to say. And I say that from personal experience and walking through some things, and and I hear, I hear echo in my mind, I would be telling other people, God's doing something in this, you know, God's working in this. And so you try to tell yourself that as well, and you know it's true, but it's hard to grasp that. And so I'm telling you, sometimes it's just. Not easy. It's not just, well, I'm really dating myself. My last job I had, we had those time clocks. Anybody know what I'm, you know? Okay, those time cards you had to click in and out. I don't know what they do today. Scan, swipe. Well, there you go. Got to move on. Many of us are fixers by nature. Why it's hard? Because why it's hard to wait on God because we don't see the big picture. One reason. Many of us are fixers by nature. We see a problem and we're going to fix it. Sometimes often without seeking God first. And when God makes us wait in those times, we feel that God is wasting our time. Can I tell you there're some things that God only God can fix and God can work through and on. And this is not encouraging people being lazy and not fixing things that they can. But I think you know what I'm talking about. When some situations we step in and I can fix this and we can do But there are just some times that when I, I can put the pieces together. I can say this. I can do this. But it just doesn't seem to be coming about because we are fixers by nature. But sometimes we have to step back and say, just let go and let God And sometimes we may not be receiving what God wants us to receive because we're still holding on instead of just letting go because sometimes we're kind of control freaks too. Okay, all right. We want to have our hand on the throttle. We want to have our, if you're driving on the steering wheel, yes, please do. But in life, we want to just know we're fixing, we're we're in control. And sometimes we got to walk through some things and wait on the Lord because He said, I want you to know you can be safe from all alarm if you lean on me, even in the situation. I I tell you what, and and being safe from all alarm doesn't mean He's going to fix it our way, but I've I've got confidence. They used to sing that year, I've got confidence God's going to see me through. And you know what, another thing is, We've never really been taught the importance of waiting. We've not sometimes been taught the importance of waiting. Even when I was, I was teaching this in Glasgow, and, and uh, it was a few years ago, and, and I just said, when's the last time you heard somebody preach on the importance of waiting? What the Bible has to say concerning it. And when we grow impatient over some things, how do we handle it? And sometimes when we become impatient, that's when we're least likely to listen as well. Nobody has really taught us sometimes the discipline of waiting. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There is a discipline in waiting. You know, you just have to learn when to speak and when to shut up. Wow, hallelujah. You, know, hallelujah, you just, you just, you just got to know. You, I, I, mm, 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 mm. Some people have said, I want to tell you what I feel, and they've told you so many times, what you know, or some people say, I want to give you a piece of my mind, and you th- oh, that's the problem. You've given so many pieces, you've got nothing left. <laughs> Or people walk up, I really don't want to tell you this. Oh, shut up. Yes, you do. You're excited. You know. I tease them at home. They'll do that. Yeah. I say, yes, you do want to tell me. Come on. Don't, don't lie. Just tell me. <laughs> the discipline of waiting is sometimes because the, in learning the discipline of, of, of waiting, sometimes that equates with, well, I don't have faith because it's not happening now. God is a God of now, and the miraculous, and I believe in the miraculous, and God, God moves in the instantaneous situations. The, the one time I will tell you that God will step in real quick is when a soul comes to Him and says, Lord, I'm tired of sin, and they repent. God will fill them with the Holy Ghost. God is ready right then. You don't have to wait on the Lord to do that. I will tell you that's one thing. He is waiting on us. I've often wondered what God. I don't know, you know. I've often wondered how many times when I've said, "God, where are you?" He's saying, "Kelly, where have you been?" It's always that way, you know. It's kind of like God. God, he sometimes. Well, wait a minute. Let's just sit down and have a little talk with Jesus. And maybe when I'm saying, "Where are you, Lord?" He has been saying, "Well, I've been looking for you a long time." The problem is you haven't been where I've wanted you to be so I could communicate with you. He's not the only one that says, to Adam, Adam, where art thou? Sometimes to you and I. So, so part of that is, is us learning the importance of waiting. Also, we don't hear sometimes a lot of testimonies about waiting. We kind of like that. We prayed last week, and God did it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, Brother Gene and Brother Kyle fix all this up. They'll bring all the broken pieces and sort it out. He's an old man. He's at the end of it all, you know. So That's why they keep me out areas praying. I'm not as dangerous. So. <laughs> My I think it's time for you to go on a prayer walk. So... We don't hear a lot of testimonies about waiting because, again, that's a reflection of maybe, well, if they'd have had faith, God would have done that a long time ago. But, you know, well, they've just got the faith. Now that, no, wait, 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 no. There may be some times like that, but God may be wanting to teach some things in our life and not have that speedy intervention because in that speedy intervention some character-building things in their life may have been overlooked or not received or brought into their life. I think in parenting you know that you don't give a five-year-old the keys to the car and say, look what I've given to you. You learn in life that as they grow and develop, there's things that you can give unto them when you feel they're ready to receive it. You hear a lot of people even writing a book sometimes about how I waited for the Lord for 20 years. Also, the other thing is, is we forget the lessons we learn in our impatience. We become impulsive in our decisions at times. Can I say pray about everything? Everything. Pray. Pray. You're going to Walmart, you got to buy it. Pray, Lord. I see, see, when you've had to live on the cutting edge, and that doesn't mean you're out there on the cutting edge blazing the trail. The cutting edge sometimes means you've got two pence or two cents or five cents, and guess what you got to live on? And when you got a teenager that eats everything that's moving and not moving, this guy could eat over here. It's a wonder he's alive. Let me just pause here for a minute. Uh, You have. We'd be going to bed. Mom, what is there to eat? You know, she's whatever. And we're downstairs, and he's, I mean, cans of ravioli and fried eggs. And I don't know. It was just, it was like, look what I did. My stomach would. Pray about everything. Pray. pray. James talks about pray. You're going to go buy something. Pray. Situation in a home. Pray. 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 Sometimes it's the last thing on the agenda. Oh, let's pray because my way hasn't fixed it. Here you go. Fixed it. Pray. Sometimes we're so impulsive. And sometimes in that impulsiveness, the decisions cost us more. Than waiting on the Lord. Praying and asking God's direction. Then oftentimes we make that commitment again, Lord, I'm gonna wait on you. Turn to somebody, and say he's got a few more minutes and ten more pages. No, <laughs> sorry. You're just waiting for me to finish. And really what I wanted to do tonight, but I had to behave myself. He's going to bring me to the pulpit. I was just going to get a chair and sit over there. And just make you wait. Well, no, you're supposed to get up there and preach. You're supposed ah Life's like that. This is just supposed to... But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. God's, God's not deaf. God knows exactly what's going on. And God knows exactly what he's doing. Don't ever feel that God's lost the plot. That he hasn't got a grip in what's happening in your life. He knows us better than we know ourselves, And he knows what we need in our life and there are times just in waiting or other ways he just has a way of just kind of just connecting the dots of just just kind of working things around and we used to call it divine delay and sometimes it just it just we just can't figure it all out and sometimes i'd like to I'd just like to think god says i'm glad you can't because you're not just as smart as you think you are Learn. we need Jesus every day. We used to sing that one too. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus every day. Need Him when. I think the storm clouds. are need Him when the sun shines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. Every day along life's way. I need Jesus. Wait on the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait on the Lord, Psalm 27, verse 14. Micah 7, 7, but as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. And when I read those verses, it does seem easy to wait, but I'm not trying to simplify it. It is a challenge, but we're going to stay focused on him anyhow. Waiting isn't easy, but when the Lord doesn't answer when we feel he should or isn't working or brings the right lady or the young man in my life or the right home or the right car or the right ministry, whatever we're fussing with God about, and he's making us wait, one thing it makes us aware of that he is in charge. I believe in calendars. I love calendars. I like to, I like to kind of know what's going on and, and, and getting everything organized in detail. But sometimes God just says, give me the calendar, son. That doesn't mean that I don't continue to work and plan and do what I need to do it if, as in the will of the Lord and what God is wanting me to do. But sometimes it just reminds me that God's in control of the calendar. Waiting teaches us faith. Faith is the evidence of things unseen, the confidence of things not yet taking place. It's taking that gap between our prayer and God answering and His response. Instead of everything happening immediately, it's waiting. Can you imagine if God just answered every time we prayed? Just just as the thought came and it rolled out, where would faith develop? I know faith cometh by hearing. But waiting on the Lord and the faithfulness of God. Also, in the midst of waiting on God, it makes us grateful. Grateful. When we pray for something that God requires us to wait, we're very grateful when He does answer prayers. It makes us grateful. You appreciate things that take longer to get. It requires more effort, more time at work, more investment, more planning. You want to meet just things of life. Oh, I want a new home. Oh, sure, here, write the check. I want a new car. Oh, yeah, just say you know, just... But when you've had to wait, you've had to save. It makes you grateful. And sometimes we even learn how to be grateful when he says no. Is the answer to our prayers. Do you have any no's from God? I've had a couple in my life and I'm probably going to have a few more. But that takes faith in God as well. At least he responded. He's not like some people, you send them a text and they just never, but God does respond. (laughs) Or an email. And I'm not being facetious in saying all this tonight, but this is a challenge that we have. This is why some people, I'll tell you what, in pastoring, some people just threw the tile in. They just chucked. Because the business is just not waiting on God. But it's a matter of growth and maturing. Maturing is a foreign concept. Word, it seems like, in some people's vocabulary. But sometimes it's the only way the Lord can get us to mature. And sometimes we just need to grow up. Now, no parent has ever said that to their children. You just need to grow up, you know. But He is our Heavenly Father. And He is a gracious Father. And He loves us. God does not bring or allow things into our life or happen to us to destroy us. But there is a purpose in it. Do I always understand the purpose? No. There have been things that I've experienced in life that I'm still kind of like... Waiting on God sometimes reveals our idolatries. I just can't wait on God. Because something we want to happen is more important than God's overall plan. We are engaged in something that is incredible. You're not just part of a church that comes together in Salem. You're part of something eternal. You are connected worldwide. What did the Kellys feed him today? We come to our local body and we think this is us and Jesus. Oh, yeah, we know there's other believers. But we're connected with something that, honestly, folks, if we really caught a glimpse of what we're connected with, I'm not talking Star Wars or Star Trek or that nonsense, you know. Anyway, okay. Um, we're connected with something that that would really just, it would be hard for us to understand. First of all, we have eternity residing in us when we're filled with the Holy Ghost. We've got a God that is omnipresent, omniscient. We've got a God that's in control. He hasn't. He is in control. He knows what is going on. He lifts up. He brings down. His church is connected. There are some awesome things that God is doing around the world. There's great things he's doing here, but he's using his body collectively. Well, I'm not in Bangladesh, I'm not in Vietnam, but you're part of a body that is alive and real. And you never know, I'm telling you folks, you never know when you're down to pray and God moves on you. You're in Salem, Illinois, but there's a spirit of travail that moves on you. And you pray and you seek God, and well, what was that all about? Well, maybe Pastor Gene, maybe the church, but maybe you're not aware that you interceded for some nation on the other part of the world a breakthrough I'm not trying to be pie in the sky I've heard it again and again and again where people said I just felt to pray but there was something powerful that broke through thousands of miles away God just reached over you pray you responded to pray what's it all about don't worry about what it's all about because I'm doing something over here I believe heaven's going to be more than just worshiping around the throne. Remember that day you felt to pray? This is why over here, because you prayed thousands of miles away. This happened over here. We are part of something that's big, that's massive. And it's not going down, it's going up. Praise God. Well, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Reveals our idolatries. God, I want you to be first. I want your plan more than anything else. Waiting prepares us for what God has for us in the future. Sometimes God has not brought some things into my life because I'm not ready to handle it. I think I've already said enough on that. He knows our hearts. He alone knows what He needs to do in us before granting us some things into our hands. And when God does deposit these things in our hand, the gifts and callings that He places in our life, when I use the word cherish, that we don't idolize, that we don't worship that, But it's just like precious things that's within our life. Don't take the Holy Ghost for granted. Why do I say that? I can tell you that from experience. You just get... What's that song? You get accustomed to her face or something like that. We get accustomed to just... Jesus is here. Say, Lord, don't let me take it for granted. This is rich what's in here tonight. Well, praise God. Forget about the calendar. God has a reason. Oh, by the way, God's not worried either. He's not on, what's that stuff they take? Anyway, God's not worried. He's faithful. While it's all going on, just spend time looking to the word of the Lord. How do you think David felt? As a lad, you're going to be king. Well, that happened the next day. He just went out, slew Goliath, and walked to the throne room. And that was that, David. In the fullness of time, the promised Messiah. In Genesis, is it going to be my daughter? Is it going to be my granddaughter? Generations passed. When is he coming? When is he coming? In the fullness of time. Some people are saying, will he come? Oh, he's coming back, friend. In the fullness of time. Be faithful today. Spend time. Invite somebody else into your waiting. Now, that doesn't mean, I was talking to somebody the other day about some policies and structure. You know, my friends, we're going over here, we're having a revival. We're over here. Kelly, we need to write up a policy. Kelly, come in here. we got to write up a constitution for this country. Kelly, come in. I want to go to one of those meetings where you to have Holy Ghost revivals. Forget about trying to figure out constitutions and all that stuff. You, but it hasn't happened yet, you know. But So when I say, when I was talking to someone the other day, I said, Oh, I'm not whining too much. I guess I can give you a little cheese to go with it if you want, you know, but... Inviting somebody into your waiting, oh God's not answering, God's not... no. Just invite somebody else into your waiting with you, and begin to share your testimony of what the Lord has done in your life. Count your blessings, uh, name them one by one. When you begin in your in your time of waiting, and God, I don't understand, and you're you're just kind of you're just kind of reaching out there. You need to kind of remember, God, I remember when. And when you go back, you encountered a situation you thought God could not see you through. He saw you through. And we forgot. But Sister Jones, crossed your path. Bless God. You can remember. Oh, you remember that, don't you? I hope there's no Sister Jones in here. Is there? Hallelujah. You know what I mean? My wife. Yeah, we were. Oh, I got got 97 minutes left. Okay. Um, (laughs) We'll make you wait. No. When we started pastoring, you know, God was doing some awesome things. And we we found ourselves going home from church. And, yeah, God really did well. But all of a sudden we started talking, well, who wasn't there and who this and who that. And by the time you got home, well, why did we even have church? Sometimes preachers get like that. So I just told my wife, I said, this is what we're going to do. All right, we'll talk about that stuff. But if we talk about that for 30 minutes, bless your heart, we're going to talk about good things for 30 minutes. And we're going to be in the molly grub and just down on stuff for an hour? We're going to turn that around, and I better hear some good things for an hour. I've told them at home, don't take 15 minutes for prayer requests, and 30 seconds later, you're done praying. Now down to 96 minutes, amen. Amen. Tell somebody what the Lord has done, and you know what happens when you begin to talk. Even in your time of waiting, what God has done in your life, you begin to feel yourself. Just they overcame. I know by the blood of the Lamb, but also by their testimony. There's something about it. And at home, every now and then, I just even say it's kind of dangerous sometimes. But I tell them, you got thirty seconds. You go beyond thirty seconds, we're going to start singing. I said, just tell us. And it was amazing just people to start to say what God has done. We wouldn't do that often because of the crowd and so forth. But it's it's a good thing to do just to kind of give a testimony about what the Lord has done. And it encourages and lifts your spirit while you're waiting. Keep praying. Keep doing what's right. Amen. I've got another page of notes here somewhere. I've lost it. I think today, and I ran it off in a photocopier and ate it. I don't know. God was helping you out tonight. You didn't even know it before you got here. Just wait on the Lord and be strong. Let's stand together. Joseph, 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 Joseph. Joseph. Had a couple dreams and shazam. He was in Pharaoh's palace. No. Years later, in waiting. And his waiting was not near as nice as this. He had nobody else to go to and say, I'm struggling. Can you wait with me? Don't worry, I'm not going to hit you. He's backing <laughs> up. There's no... There's nobody here can, can you wait with me in this situation and dilemma? There was no church in Salem to go to and just pray me through, help me, just Joseph. So, you know what that tells me? That even when we're collectively together and I have such support structure, I can make it. If Joseph and all of that, he couldn't pray through in the Holy Ghost, he couldn't pick up a Bible. He just had that word. And can I tell you, when you get a word from God and it gets in your spirit, it gets right down in here. When hell's intensity says it's not going to happen, you're. Just, I don't know how. I don't know when, but God is good. Amen. So, in waiting on the Lord, learn to grow in that. And I'm going to ask. Brother the Kyle to come back. But I'd like for us to sing that song. They that wait up on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. If you're waiting in the midst of something, I'm not minimizing, please. I'm not minimizing the challenge of waiting. I am not. I'm not, chal- I'm not minimizing that. How do I say? Because there's things I'm waiting on the Lord to do. Waiting on the Lord to fulfill that I should have thought He should have done a while ago. He hasn't yet. But that doesn't mean he won't. And you know what? There's some things that I've realized that if the Lord does not do it in my lifetime, but he said he's going to do it, it doesn't stop him from doing it because I may not be here. Isaiah said, with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to his people? Was Isaiah there on the day of Pentecost? No. No. Did he see it happen? No. But did it diminish his faith? No, it's going to happen. So you and I waiting on the Lord. So tonight, if you're in a home situation, a family situation, there could be so many things. And maybe nobody else knows about it. Maybe you've just been taking it to the Lord in prayer. and It may feel like heaven, we sometimes kind of say like it's just brass. It just, But it isn't. It isn't. It isn't. It isn't. Sometimes when we feel it's the least when God's listening to us. He's listening, but He's working in us. Uh Aha. The Holy Ghost is reaching to some. Even in your waiting and saying, just let me embrace you. Let me embrace you. Let me just hold you. You're not waiting alone. I'm with you. I'm holding on to you. There's no chasm. It's going to open up and swallow you in your situation. Oh, I'm with you. Just wait, just wait. I know you don't understand, son or daughter, but just wait, just wait. Uh, we're going to sing this chorus, and maybe you just want to come and pray. Just, God, I just, I want, I want to wait when I need to. And Lord, I know you understand my frustration. You know my humanity. God, as we sing this, you may want to come and just stand here tonight as an act of faith. I may not have to be waiting today, but it can be in the future. Yes. Shall walk, run, and not be weary. They shall walk. There's probably testimonies in this church, examples of waiting on the Lord. You may not even know about, but maybe the Holy Ghost could allow you to engage in a conversation, and they could say, "Oh yes, son or daughter. Oh yes, brother or sister. I know what you're talking about." But don't, don't, don't let go of God. He's got a hold of you. Oh, there's powerful testimonies in this house. They shall walk and not faint. Teach. It's something that's taught, not caught.